Hello and welcome to the Hoff Podcast. I'm Daniel Turner, the pastor of the Tyler House of Faith. We take these messages from our weekly services and then release them here on our podcast channel for you. We hope you dig it. Well, man, it's good to see you guys. Um, you know, I Yitz's opening today. It's so much of, of the meat of the message. I kind of regret that we didn't get that recorded because it would go so so well with what I feel led to talk about today and to teach through today. Um, the word and the communication of the Lord, the words of heaven, you know. And um, I want to start off with um, some of you know, and we've been kind of talking about this past few weeks. This last week was Yom Kippur, like the, the high holy day of the, uh, the Jewish, of Judaism, and, and something that was incredibly symbolic for all of us, you know. This, this one time of year where, where the high priest would go in to the tabernacle or the temple of God and he would actually he would go in there and he would pour out or make atonement for the people of God for the entire year. And it's, it, there's so much to it, this prophetic act that Jesus fulfilled, you know. And this reality that we're supposed to walk in this whole nother level of, of peace with God because of what Jesus has done as this great high priest. And, you know, the, the commentary that I think is so beautiful for, for that holy day is Hebrews 10. And this, this message of Hebrews 10 that this high priest that has gone before us and has, has done something that's never been done before. And... Um, literally talking about the law and all these things that the Jewish people used to walk through, all the hoops that they used to jump through, were but a shadow of the things to come. And um, that they made the same sacrifices year by year. Um, but the very, the very reality of what Jesus has done has actually caused perfection to come to us all. Amen. And... Um, it's this, this commentary in Hebrews 10 that's literally talking about, hey, if... If, if, if what they were doing in the Old Testament would have brought perfection, they would have ceased offering those sacrifices. They wouldn't have kept doing it year by year. Um, because once the worshipers were purified, they would have had no more consciousness of sin. In other words, mankind was never had, supposed to have consciousness of sin. And even in Christianity, we're, walk, we're supposed to walk in a level of freedom that is not sin conscious. Amen. And even just to describe that, that means like, we're not supposed to live by this rule book of the knowledge of what is good and what is evil. Right. You know, that was like a, a, a mindset that was separate from God relationally. And so instead of having a relationship to God, they had this list of rules of what was right and what was wrong. And that's how they governed their life. Um, but, the, but there was something that was coming and now is where we are actually able to walk outside of this rule book of the consciousness of what sin is and what sin is not. We are actually led of the truth of God in the spirit of God and the freedom of this life. And it's, it's really beautiful. It talks about this man, this high priest, this God man, Jesus in Hebrews 10, 12, who after he had offered this one sacrifice of sins forever, this one sacrifice that lasted forever, it wasn't a yearly dink, thing, he literally sat down at the right hand of God waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. 
And sometimes we can have this picture of God in our minds that he's sitting up, up, upstairs, you know, wringing his hands out, or maybe he's ever living to make intercession. Maybe he's praying for us constantly. But the reality is we have this picture that's, that's symbolic, but it's real, of Jesus in heaven making this sacrifice once and for all for us and seated in heaven, sitting down with his feet up, waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool by the sons and daughters of God. Come on. It's like he's finished something and fully reconnected us to him, fully redeemed us in him, and he's finished the work on his end, and he's empowered the sons and daughters of the king, the sons and daughters of God, to subdue the enemies of God in the world. Hallelujah. You know, And it's, it's, a, it's a really cool thing. By this one offering, it says, He's perfected those who are being sanctified. He's perfected those forever who are actually walking this reality out inside of time and space. And it's this beautiful thing, man. And, and I won't do a whole lot about it. Just wanted to touch on that as we're starting, just because that's the time of year we're in. You know, it was really Wednesday. Um, it's very important. But not only did the high priest go through all these motions for us, which were symbolic of what Jesus was going to do, you know, We'd see this, this, what started off as this tabernacle, this tent, that he would walk in, but was a prophetic picture of us walking in the reality of the heavenly realm in the earth. And when they would go inside of this tent, you know, when Solomon rebuilt it, I mean, he made it super fancy, but it was very, but it was the same place, but just like, you know, super nice version of it in large. But when they would walk into this tent to make these sacrifices, there was the menorah there, that, that candlestick with the seven the, that they had to light every day. And then there was the showbread, the, the bread that the priests would eat there every day, which the only way they could see to eat the bread was by the candlestick. And then there was the incense, which represented the prayer, the intercession of the saints that was there, and, and, and all these prophetic things. But when you walked in, there was trees, um, this art, artist, artistic, beautiful trees that were sewn into the side walls of the fabric of the building like palm trees and stuff, just beautiful. And there was angelic beings that were sewn into the walls. And all of it was literally just a type, you know, or a shadow of things to come, like, like what it's talking about. But it represented mankind coming back into their priestly role as kings and priests, what Christianity truly was, what we are all called to walk in. Amen. On the ground floor of this thing, you guys, Amen. is a heavenly supernatural walk. This prophetic picture of the tree of life that we are called to partake from, that man had been forbidden to eat from after the, the fall, you know what I mean? The angelic beings that mankind was actually called to partner with in the plans and purposes of God in the world. Yeah, yeah. That, by the way, that is basic New Testament Christianity. Right. It's not like this one guy that gets to speak at a prophetic conference or whatever that, you know, all this, Elijah this and all that, you know, whatever. it's none of this stuff, man. It is practical Christianity. You know, Hebrews talks about it. Quote, it quotes the Psalms like the, the, the angels are the ministering spirits sent to minister to the heirs of salvation. Like this, this, this heavenly partnership of both sides of the tracks on the earth to bring forth the plans and purposes of heaven. Amen. And we know the very back room was the, the Holy of Holies, the place where only that high priest could go once a year, which we celebrate on Yom Kippur, that once a year where he would make that atonement. And we know what Jesus did to that in Matthew 27, 51 and 52. He breathed his last breath on the cross and he ripped that place from top to bottom. He ripped that veil, that veil that we thought was separation between God and man. He made a public spectacle that this Christian walk, this new covenant, this reality 
had been prophesied for thousands of years upon what we were called to walk in in the here and now, this heavenly, truly mystical walk that is Christianity, which is the being led of the Spirit of God, ministering according to the giftings of the Spirit of God in the Spirit, in the heavenlies and on the earth, and releasing that which is in heaven on earth, or as we like to say, binding on earth that which is bound in heaven and loosing on the earth what is loosed in heaven. And so this prophetic picture, this reality of Yom Kippur, of, of basic Christianity, yes, is it the redemption of sins? Is it the cleansing of the conscious consciousness? Is it being perfected forever and being sanctified and walking that reality out? All of those things is true. But I think one thing I wanted to kind of focus on today is that it's also about access. It's, it's about access being granted. If you went back and read through Hebrews 10, it says like, go boldly before the throne of grace. Right. It's, in other words, like understand this is your dad and there's never a time when you're not allowed to come before him. There's never a time of the year. There's no, oh, I touched a dead body. I was at a funeral and all these rules that they, it does not matter. You kick the door open and you run in through it. Right. It's already open. You know what I mean? The veil, is, the veil has been ripped between realms. And not to throw our confidence away because it is rich, richly rewarded. All these things are, are literally combating the things of religion that, that also are combatants to the human mind that makes people feel disqualified from connecting to them. That's what the whole book's about, to be honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, and, and by the way, there's no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. So if you, even when you mess up, you're not disqualified and you're not condemned. We have the gift of repentance of making an about face and actually walking straight in anyways. It's like co- connection has been fully and eternally established to us in God. You know, to the tree of life. You know, if you look at the tree of life, if you look at that tree in the book of Revelation, man, it's like its leaves are for the healing of the nations. This is not a picture of heaven when you die. You know what I mean? The leaves are for healing now. Is there, is there nations in heaven that need, need healing? No, <laughs> no. When, things, when all things are said and done, we, we're still going to have to... It's like, no, like it's, it's leaves are for the healing of the nations. This river of life that flows, I mean, it is the life flow of God. It says that the, the tree bears fruit every single month, 12 different fruits through the year. How beautiful is that? It's always bearing fruit and it's always different. But is that in heaven? Is there months in heaven? Isn't that outside of time and space? Like, in other words, like this is for us to walk in now. This is Father in heaven. How be your kingdom come? Your will be done in and through us in the earth now, not someday. You know what I mean? It is the mystic reality of the Christian walk. It is the the partnership of the angelic. All this stuff is supposed to be our life. You know what I mean? It's like none of it's an analogy for us anymore. And the beautiful thing about it is, is this relationship that was opened up to us from God, this connection, this connectivity that he's made through us, it comes in, Jesus used to say all the time that the kingdom of heaven is like all these different analogies. One of the main ones he would say was a mustard seed, like the most small and insignificant seeds. It doesn't look like much, but when it's sown into the ground, it becomes, it becomes a monster of a tree, right? I don't think he said monster, but you catch what you understand what I'm saying. It's, it comes a big old boy. You know, it comes a, yeah, it becomes large. Thank you for laughing. I, I need a little. There you go. That's, that's all good. 
you know, and it's like, but sometimes I think heaven comes into earth on our behalf. And if, and if we are so conditioned of the world that we're not paying attention or, you know what I mean? Or we discard things as chance or we don't understand like, Hey, we've been actually brought into the reality of this covenant. We've actually been brought in to this new Testament mystical walk. That is that tabernacle picture of the sown in angels, the, the tree of life, the river of life. I mean, if you, if you read the book of Ezekiel talking about the, this, the same temple that was going to be the air quotes, the new temple that was going to be established, which was always prophecy of Jesus. And this river that flowed out from the east, and first it was ankle deep, then it was knee high, waist high, then it was over your head. It literally flowed all the way to the, to the ocean, but to the, to the Dead Sea, really. But where it actually flowed into, it, it caused life to go. Everywhere it, everywhere it went, it cleansed and transformed the water. It's just, it's the prophetic picture of the walk of this Christian life that we're called to step into. And it's very real. But it comes in often like a mustard seed. It's like something so small and so practical that it can be missed. I love it when you look at Exodus. You got Moses, one of the most famous people ever of all time, literally walking through, <laughs> doing his day job. And he sees a bush in Exodus 3 that's, that's on fire, but it's not being burnt. And somehow that is the angel of the Lord. That's his manifestation. Symbolic, prophetic, but that's how he looked. But Moses actually saw it and had a chance to just blow it off. Like, that's weird, it's not my business though. And keep walking in his, in his route. But he stopped and it says, he said, I'm going to turn aside and see what this is about. If you read Exodus 3, it's funny the way that it's worded. It says that when God saw that he had turned aside to look, then he spoke to him. He said, all right, take your shoes off because where you're at is holy ground. You know? And then, oh, now it's talking, man. This is crazy. You know, it's just this big thing. But, but the reality was when God saw that he actually turned aside and looked at it, then there was something there like, all right, so... There's, there's something to the value of the voice of God. And even when it comes in such a small, seemingly insignificant way, that unlocks so much more. And I think this is the message that's so valuable and crucial. And I, it's, I love that's how Yitta literally opened up about literally the communication, the communion of God. Yeah. The words and the voice of God actually coming to us. It's, it's so incredibly profound, but it's also looked at as being foolish. I think it's 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, The natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spirit, spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. There's something to ha- placing a value on the Lord's words. And even the Lord's words coming to us as these small seeds of the kingdom that when we are faithful to actually take them, receive them within our soul, within our heart, as if we are that soil, you know, or that we're faithful to sow them in our life. They take root and become something way bigger. I call it the snowball effect, really, because it does, it certainly seems like heaven literally comes into people's lives and hearts like a mustard seed. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, right? It seems insignificant and small, but when you follow the trail, it snowballs. And it becomes, it, it becomes, you know, the rabbit hole. But it doesn't go down, it goes up. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, becomes a, it starts as a mustard seed, eh, maybe the, you know, but when you search it out in relationship to him, it becomes something far more greater. 
how many times did Jesus talk about the parable of talents and all these different things? If you're faithful with that which is small, things become much, much greater. You know, I remember even learning the voice of God. I remember a time in my life where I had promises that I knew was from the Lord. I knew the Lord had spoken to me and I was, I was ready in my mind, you know, like, okay, come on, let's do this thing. And I felt like I came to a roadblock and it was like, where is it? Like, is this the Lord or not? I was like, you know, but I knew that I heard from the Lord. And I remember I had a dream where I had an old buddy named Jeremiah. And in the dream, I just pulled into a gas station on a trip that I was on. And Jeremiah walks out. And it was like, you know, some of you guys don't know about how we used to have to pay cash in the gas station and pump your gas. That's how it used to work. But um, anyhow, so I was, I was just walking, going to the, to the attendant of the gas station and my old buddy Jeremiah walked up and said, here, man. And he gives me $12. It was a $12 bill, which doesn't exist, by the way. <laughs> it's counterfeit, so don't fall for that one if, you're, uh, if you have a cash business. Um, just so you know, you learn something. Uh, so he gave me a $12 bill, and I was like, oh, thanks. And I took it to the cash register to, to pay some gas. And then I woke up. You know what I mean? But there's a seed of the kingdom of, of encouragement in my life that seems... Well, that was just dumb, or maybe I just ate too much, you know, I had too many protein shakes last night, you know, because I was into that back then, you know. I don't know what it was, you know, and, and um, but the seeds of the kingdom, I remember going in and looking up Jeremiah 1, 12. I was like, well, Jeremiah gave me a $12 bill. He gave me one twelve, so maybe I'll go look at this. And the word of the Lord was like, the, the verse says, the Lord said to me, you have seen well, I am watching, actively watching and ready to perform my word. And, and when I, I remember when I heard that word, it was like such encouragement to my heart, like dad's talking to me because I was tired. I was like, man, I don't want to keep hoping for this. And I, I'm, I'm supposed to have this coming into my life and it's not. And, and, and it was just like, Hey, like I'm going to fill your gas tank up to get you a little further, but I want you to know that I, it's my word and I'm the one who's watching over it to bring it to pass. That's good. That's and man, and, and, and that can seem so silly in the world you know and it's just like why why wouldn't i want god to show up in uh, if it's in my dream him to show up in my dream i'd prefer him to be like white jesus with the light brown hair and everything i want him to look like i saw him in my bible stories as a kid and that's how we act you know what i mean i want him to look i want him to look just like the guy from jim cavitzel and i want him to come i want him to be mandels and say hey don't worry son what you're looking for is coming in a few weeks this here's some gas for your tank you know what i mean but it's just like but this is the way god works and it's beautiful you know that that word right there in jeremiah 1 that's the first word jeremiah the prophet ever got yeah. jeremiah is like he's freaking out man god's coming and speaking to him and he's like yo i'm not the guy <laughs> i'm not worthy or whatever you know like they always do you know and um the word of the lord comes to him and said hey buddy i formed you in your mom's womb you know what i mean it's just like I built you for this. What you mean you, ain't, you, you don't have this in you? I designed you for this. You know what I mean? It's like LeBron James, I can't play basketball. It's like, no, listen, trust me. I stitched you together to play basketball. <laughs> I made you to be the best physical specimen of basketball you've ever... You know what I mean? It's like God's like in us and his capability that he's put in us. And, and, and anyways, he's coming to Jeremiah like, hey, stop freaking out. I've, I've, I made you this way. Then, then Jeremiah gets his first word. And I can imagine being like, hey, I've been ordained to be this prophet. And 
<clears throat> you're coming for the, the group of people like this and you're like, all right, I got this word from the Lord. They're like, oh, I've had a vision and God's given me a word. They're like, wow, he really is. This is the real deal. What's going on? What's your vision? You know, is it like, you know, the wheel within the wheel like Ezekiel gets, you know, you get, did you go like, you know, we're thinking, it was like John, did you get caught up and see the eyes of fire, Jesus and all this stuff, you know, in the New Testament. But Jeremiah's like, this is the word of the Lord that came to me. Jeremiah 1.11. He showed me a vision. And it said, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see the branch of an almond tree. And I'm like, that's cool, man, but what's the vision? Was there fireballs coming out of it or something? Was it glowing? Like, no, it was just a, a branch of an almond tree. So that's the word of the Lord. There's the seed of the king. Like, that doesn't make no sense. What is that? And then the Lord spoke to him and said, You have seen well, for I am ready. I am watching over. I am willing. And I am actively watching to perform my word. And it's just like, yeah, but what's, how, how do you get that out of that, man? But that almond branch in Hebrew is shakade. Jeremiah, what do you see? And he gives him this prophetic picture of an almond branch. And he says, a shakade. And the Lord says, very good, because I have shakad over my word to perform it. Which, which literally means I am intently watching over to bring it to pass. I am in charge. Don't, I haven't forgotten. I'm doing this. I am bringing it to pass. But he literally used a play on words, a, a picture of something that rhymed with a word to communicate something to him. Yeah. And it's just like, why didn't you just show up like, you know what I mean, floating on like a, you know, a cloud or something on a rainbow and just and say that to him. But he gives him a play on words and it's just like, but what is he doing there? What does it mean to step into the, into the things of the kingdom? The, hey, the spiritual things are often the foolishness to the world. And he uses the foolish things to confound the wisdom of this world. But in reality, he was unlocking something in Jeremiah to see things in a different way, to understand his language, and to convey his message to his people. Yeah. And it's, it's incredible to me. That's the point. It's like, heaven comes into this realm so often like a mustard seed, something that seems insignificant. You know, a $12 bill. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which when it was interpreted to me, which I understood what it meant, it really gave me courage and strength. Amen. And then it came to pass too, by the way, which is good. But, but it's just like, you know, it's, it seems insignificant, but when you follow the trail, when you're faithful to connect, it snowballs. God is spirit. He told that woman at the well. It's like, hey, God's not white Jesus. You know what I mean? And he's not Jim Kavitzel or Middle Eastern Jesus. God is spirit. Amen. You know what I mean? And those who worship him do so in spirit and truth. Like he's bringing us back. Everything that was lost in the fall, that supernatural walk, that capability that we have within us, that was, that was tapped or limited in the fall. He's done something to reverse it. And now he's calling us back into that walk it is a spirit walk yes. it is a supernatural spiritual walk it's true if we make room for him and we value what he has values a major key then we will receive what he has for us and sometimes it comes insignificant and sometimes it comes super significant and profoundly spiritual and mystical but the key is to walk with the shepherd and learn his voice i was reading the Matthew 13 very recently 
And, um, you know, it's Jesus doing what Jesus does, speaking parables. And it's a super popular parable. But I'm going to skip to something he says before we look into the parable. And it's something that he said to the disciples. First, he actually quoted some stuff written in Isaiah about, they were like, hey, why are you speaking to them in these parables? And he quotes that, this old word of hearing you shall hear and, and shall not understand, seeing you will see and not perceive. The hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears have become hard of hearing, their eyes, they have closed, not I have closed, but they have closed. This is all through the carnality of the walking, as in, you know, according to the flesh lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, and I should heal them. And so there's this reality. What Jesus is saying is like people don't understand the things that I'm saying, and I'm putting, in, I'm putting them out so plain. And they're asking, well, why, why, why in these parables? But he goes on and he says something that I think is really beautiful. And I was reading this, and I kind of felt like I was sitting there with him. I was, I'm number 13 sometimes, in my, at least in my imagination. You know what I mean? I'm about 2,000 years back sitting with the twelve. Don't sit me next to Judas, though, but I'm sitting in there. I'm listening, you know. <laughs> I'm in there watching, you know. And um, Matthew 13, 16, he says, Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and blessed are your ears, for they hear. For assuredly, I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and didn't see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Amen. And I just saw that picture, and I was like, man, it's just like, they're asking, hey, what's up with these parables, you know? Like, and he's like, well, blessed are your eyes for they see the things you see and your ears for they hear the things that you hear. And um, for all prophets and righteous men have desired to see this stuff. They're like, how is this going to take? Like they had a shadow of the things come. They had, they had glimpses. They had, you know, Moses saw his back. They had all these different things. But Jesus is just like, yeah, but like, you guys don't, you have no clue how incredible the opportunity that you're sitting in right now is, you know. Yeah. The prophets of old wish to, wish to see this, you know. And it's such a beautiful thing, but one thing I wrote in my Bible right there is that Jesus is the, is the key of the map. And that's the answer. Because we hear this story, what he's saying to them. This is the parable of the story of the, the sower. And he's talking about the seeds of the kingdom. Go figure, the words of the Lord. And the sower goes out to sow. Some falls on the stony places. They didn't have much earth. You know, when the sun was up, they got scorched because they didn't have any root in them. Um, some fell among the thorns. The thorns choked them out. Some fell on good ground and, and yielded a crop. Some a 100-fold, some 60, and some 30-fold. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And it's this beautiful, we could do it. I'm not going to really do it today because it's not necessarily about that, but it, it is valuable. This reality, like the seeds of the kingdom, this is talking about our own heart receiving that which is of heaven. Yeah. It is also talking about us taking the seeds of the heaven, the seed of the sower, and actually releasing it into the lives or into the earth, anywhere that we're putting it into this dimension. And this encouraging thing like, of like, hey man, if you're, if you're hearing the parable, you're like, man, so 75% of the seeds, like, <laughs> they don't go anywhere. They, crows bite them up or they get burnt up or they get choked out by weeds. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's one way to look at it. But there's 25% of the seeds and of those seeds, some are like 100, 100 fold, some are 60 and, and the least is even 30 fold. So like, 
It's an incredible investment to release that which is of God and not actually to worry about it. The, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sows seed and day and night he goes to sleep, right? You know what Jesus said? And yet it grows and he don't even know how. Yeah. So it's like the more you release, the more the harvest is going to blossom all through the earth and in your own life. Yeah. And um, anyways, when he, when he says this parable, the disciples actually come to him and, and, and ask him, well, why are you speaking in parables? He said, well, it's been, it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it hasn't been given. For to whoever has, more will be given, and whoever has an abundance, but, but whoever does not have, it will be taken away. I speak to them in parables because they don't see, and hearing they do not hear. And then he quotes that thing. But then he comes back, I know I just did this, but he comes back and he says, but blessed are you because you see and you hear. The prophets before you, even the angels, everybody's desire to see what you see and they didn't get to. In other words, it wasn't about them being this elite chosen group. It was about that their commitment was different than the multitudes. Yeah. It, it was a different game. Uh, if you look into Mark chapter 4, it says the same thing, but it's him going through all these different parables. In, Matthew, in Mark 4, 33, it says, With many such parables he spoke to word to them as they were able to hear it, but without a parable he didn't speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. And like there's an asterisk about having understanding. It's not about an elitism. It's like, well, he just got that gift of interpretation, so that's why he's so prophetic, and maybe he's a prophet or an apostle. It's like, no. What it, what it is there is like, hey, he, he spoke these as much as they were able to understand it. He was doing it for them. He didn't speak without a parable, but when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. And that's the catch right there. But when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. There's so much, there's a major difference be between being a they call it a casual these days when you're a casual about anything. I think it works. Um, but being part of the multitude and being part of the discipleship. I was like, well, they were the ones with the past to get in. Well, it sounds like, because there was a lot more than even the 12, but it sounds like when they were alone, when there was connection to him by himself, he actually explained it. What it means is the disciples didn't get it either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, they got what he was saying because they were on that spiritual wavelength. Like, no, they didn't. They were just about as dumb, probably as dumber than everybody else. If, if, if I had a guess, you know, if you look at their lives, you know what I mean? Probably, you know, but it's just like the thing about it was it wasn't like this is this guy was this super highly educated, you know, philosophical mind. It was just like, yeah, he'd say the parables. And uh, then the disciples were like, so uh, why you talk to them in parables? I mean, we know what's going on, right, guys? But uh, anyway, so so anyways, what was that about it? <laughs> you know, what I mean, they didn't know what was going on. And they come and ask them the same things. And then we have the answer of Matthew 13, you know. And he, he who hears the word of the kingdom doesn't understand it. The wicked one comes and snatches it away. There's one, some that are super hypeful hype religious, but they actually don't have the faithfulness to walk out their beliefs. My words, but that's what he's saying. And they're the ones that don't have any root in them. So when the sun comes and scorches them um, with persecution, because of the word, it's actually meant to actually help them to dig in they check out and, and, and peace out. And then there are some who are thrown among the thorns, and when he hears the word, the thoughts and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word out, and he becomes unfruitful. It's not that he doesn't get it, doesn't grasp it, doesn't understand it, but it's just like those weeds are this prophetic picture of like the carnal thoughts and minds. Like he weighs it in his mind. He's like, eh, 
I'm going to go this way. You know what I'm saying? It gets choked out. Which is the crown of thorns, the thoughts and cares of the world. And then another one, is, but then the ones who understand it are the ones that bear fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. And it's like, yeah, well, what about those ones who understand it? Well, obviously the ones who are understanding it are the ones who are committed to walking with them. Because right. he's sitting there telling them what it means. <laughs> Why do you speak to them in parables? You know what I mean? And then it's like, well, yeah, you, you catch the fact that they don't fully grasp what I'm saying, but I also know that you don't either. So here's the real lesson. You know, So much, just like Moses seeing the bush that burnt and didn't burn, when he saw that he turned aside to look, then he started to speak to him. So much of the kingdom of heaven comes in like a seed, in a small way, in an insignificant knocking, or something, you know, in something that we are in our secret place connecting to him that we hear, that we sometimes don't contemplate, don't understand. Maybe it is, like Joel says, that the new covenant will have dreams and visions, you know. Maybe it is an illumination of scripture. You ever read through something and something just catches you and like, hey, there's something there, man. There's something there. I'm not, oh, wait, I haven't seen that. I did that this, with Joshua's story, this Joshua 10 this week. You know what I mean? A bunch of kings getting axed down. It was a pretty violent story. It'd be fun to tell, but I won't do that. But, it, you know, super violent, just brutal. But at the same time, it had such beautiful prophetic picture to it. And I was like, wow, you know what I mean? But you, but you get stuck on something and you have to read it a few times. Like, wait a second. This ain't what I thought it was. This ain't what I thought it was. There's something here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to turn aside and look into this for a while. But I gotta read my two chapters, so I'm accepted by God. It's like, no, that's that's what Yom Kippur is about. That's what Christianity is about. A high priest has done something, so there is nothing that you need to do to be accepted by God. Well, I haven't prayed for a day, or or seven, or whatever, wherever you're at, or you know what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, but you go boldly before. She says, this is your family. That's right. Dad's your family. Like you come in. That's what this whole thing is about. It's right. not about works or being qualified. Yeah. But I got some dirt on me. It's like, yeah, well, go to him. Go to him in it. Turn away from the dirt and go to him instead. But can you do that? You know, will you get killed in the presence of God? Like, no, 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 no. He's calling us in. All the words of the Lord are knocking. They are calling us in. But the reality is Jesus is the key. You know, a key to a map is like the little section on the map that tells you what everything actually means. It's the only way you can interpret a map. Sometimes it's called a legend, right? That's, I think, legend. It's the legend of the map. Jesus is the legend of the map. And that's what he's telling the disciples. He's like, I'm the legend. Why can't people understand? Because they don't come to the legend of the map. One, the understanding comes from him, because he is the spirit of understanding is upon him, and in him, and is him, all at the same time. But also, he is the, the key, the unlocker, the legend of every bit of the scripture. And we've seen this, you know what I mean? He's like, he's the image of, of the Godhead in bodily form, it says, you know what I'm saying? John 1 is like, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's like all the above. It's like, hey, like all the filter, all the grid of the Old Testament and the New Testament. This isn't about theology. I mean, it is. It's pure theology. It's Christology. But, but Christology is like, you know, it's actually seeing him and then seeing everything else through it. And that's what he's telling them. Yeah. Why, don't that they, why don't people understand well, they see it as insignificant and stupid. as just little stories. And most of them are just here to get their needs met. That was the truth. They wanted me to make more bread for them. They want the magic tricks. But he was coming to do something more than just heal them in the moment. He was coming to heal mankind. Lest they turn and be healed. It's like, I've come to heal mankind, dude. 
It's, that's the real deal right there, man. Jesus is coming to re- heal mankind. I'll, maybe I'll close with that because it's just so, so profound about knowing um, the reality of who God is and knowing His everything that we're called to walk in. This tree of life, this symbolism of this tent, of this temple. It started off as a tent, which I love. But Ezekiel 47, when I was reading that, and it had that same symbolism in it, that this water was coming out of this new temple that had been built. That many people are waiting to be built, but we know what that temple is. Yeah, it's Him. Amen. And we're in Him and He's in us. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, dang, brother, you know, wow, it's just, it's profound. But this water that's coming out, first it goes to the ankles and the knees and the waist. Then I couldn't cross, you know, old dreadlock Ezekiel's like, hope, you know, out there just having this weird trance-like, I mean, he was there because he was swimming too, so he was physical. But the voice of the angel that was speaking to him says, this water flows toward the eastern region, goes down in the valley and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, this, the waters of the sea will be healed. It's like it starts off only just like not even ankle deep coming out of the temple. You know what I mean? It's just like it's just a small little amount. It's just a little it's a trickle. And then it, but it gets bigger. You step in it. You walk in it. And you're walking out of the temple, which is what the priests did. They'd walk in, do the ministry. They'd walk out, minister to the people. They'd walk in. They'd walk out. And it was a prophetic picture of us, just like what he said in John 1.50. It was like, I am Jacob's ladder. You'll see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. It was like ascending where? Into heaven. Into the spiritual realm of heaven. Into heaven, which is at hand and on earth. Within you. You know what I mean? It's like you're going you're gonna to step into, as a priest into this priestly realm. It was all just a prophetic picture. They're walking in all these angels and these trees and all this stuff. It's experiences that we are supposed to have. We are called to actually have it. Yeah, yeah it's true. Amen. And I love when it happens. And I love when it happens to people that are just stepping into this level of their walk. Because then they're coming to me like, oh man, I had this weird dream last night. You know, I was talking to a gorilla in my dream. It's like, yeah, I know what the, yeah, I know what he is. Like, yeah, but I know this sounds, I'm, I'm feeling crazy, but like it was an angel. I knew, I had a knowledge that the gorilla was an angel. Like, yeah, I know, I know, yeah. <laughs> he gave me a clock, man. He gave me this awesome clock. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say, yeah, you've been plugged into the system. And gorillas fight against that system. There was an angel, but yeah, it was coming as a messenger. He was redeeming the time. You feel like you've been plugged into the machine, but he's going to take a lot of stuff you learned in that. And now you're going to live it out in life in a real spiritual way. And it's like, hey, by the way, I'm not crazy, right? You're crazy. You had it. You had it. You know what I mean? It's good when it happens like that. It's good when they can't call you crazy for your experience. Like, no, that's yours, brother. I know you're not crazy. I know that's the language of heaven being imparted to you. You're actually starting to know God. That's just a little, just an example. You know, I'm just making examples up, right? But, you know, it's just like one of those things, like, you know, these things, man, these gorillas are real, though. But, you know, what I'm saying is like, man, you have these experiences, but like there's something like that Matthew 16, I'll tell you, Peter, Who's the Christ? You're the Christ. You're the Son of God. Blessed are you. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this. You got this from your Father in heaven. It was like, ooh, ooh, you just heard from God outside of time and space. Now you're crazy. (laughs) Not really crazy. You know what I'm saying. Now you're stepping into it. Ha, 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 ha. You're charismatic now, you know? (laughs) A real one, though, not the fake ones. Um, But you know what I'm saying? It's like, you got to, yeah, that's real. You got it. Yeah, you got that. Once you have that, it's the point of no return. It's like, who's going to give them food? Who's going to give them food? You guys give them food. 
We don't have any food. We're too far out into the wilderness. If we send them away, they'll, they'll, they'll perish on the way back. We're too far out. It's like, Jesus is like, yeah, I brought them out here, brother. <laughs> I burnt that bridge on purpose. I want them to experience something that they will never, ever be able to, to question. Come on. And once it's there, I mean, you can deny it eventually. And go, well, I don't know, you know, <laughs> but it'll, it'll haunt you like a splinter in your mind, right. you know, in a, in a, in a good way. Sound kind of, kind of, but you know what I mean? <laughs> But he's like, blessed are your eyes that hear and, 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 you know, the eyes that see, your ears that hear. Yes, you know, Lord. it's like, okay. It's like, what do you mean? You're going to tell us the stuff. It's like, yeah, but more importantly, you're seeing the legend of the map. You're knowing him. Yeah. And now when people come and they read Romans and try to make you feel condemned and rotten or make you feel like you're supposed to be a sinner that's just that way, that's just who you are and you're just going to hate it, but that's the way it is. You're going to know like, wow, I may not have studied, but I know that that's super crooked compared to the legend of the map. Come on. That's a bad way to look at that. And then once you do study, you realize it's super crooked, even though most of the world believes that thing. But you know, or a lot, but it's just like, what? Beautiful. It wasn't about being special. It was about being committed. Amen. The disciples were committed. You know what I mean? It was about being a, disi a disciple, a devoted follower. It's all available, you know. I've had the privilege to walk around some of the most mystical, you know, prophetic big names, a lot of them. I really have. I don't say that a lot, but I have. But I don't think much of it, to be honest. I just don't. I, I mean, I honor that. You know, that's cool when somebody really walks with the Lord or whatever, but like every single person in here ties their shoes the exact same way. Ties their spiritual shoes the exact same way. You know, they have the same Bible. They have the same capability of mind. I think a lot of times we start off in different giftings, right? The First Corinthians 12, like different things are highlighted. But, you know, he asks us, he tells us to earnestly desire the best gifts, earnestly desire the prophetic. Why? Because it's, it is completely connected to connecting to God's voice. And that's unstoppable. Often it comes in a mustard seed form. It seems insignificant. It seems small. But when you follow the trail, you realize it ain't small. You know? Yeah. Your eyeballs start getting opened. And I mean that. Even your eyes, your peripheral, you start to see things out of your peripheral. You start to hear the Lord's voice. You know what I'm saying? There's just certain things that He, he has for us. But I'll tell you what, it's just, I, I'm, I'm just like Han Solo. It's, it's real. He's like, he told Ray, it's real, man. It's all real. This is real and it's all real. You know, and it's not for a special person to step into in order to impress others and be their leader. You know what I mean? It's for a, it's for a body of people that are called the church that are like a city on a hill, a people that know him and they start to understand like, Hey, if that's you, Lord, then tell me to come out too. There's something inside of me that's seeing my dad and I didn't realize even what that was, but he's calling you out to talk like him, to hear like him, to function like him. And then you got Peter walking on water and he doesn't even know why. Yeah. Like, why did that well up in his heart? Like, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that too, right? I can do it. If it's you, I can do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is it like, is he God complex? Like, no, 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 no. You're, something in his heart was seeing his own DNA. Yeah. Something was awake like, oh, we, we can do that. I can do that. Call me. Tell me. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
when the seeds of the kingdom come out like the word of God. And many people say he walked on the word of the Lord, not on the water. But you know what I mean? Whatever, dude. He walked on the water. And it was the word of the Lord. But it's a capability on inside of him. You know? I've seen this. The legend is the answer to understanding the mysteries. Amen. The legend himself. The legend, the key. You catch what I'm throwing. Legend is the legend of a map. You know? When we see him and we know him, it's, it's the answer to the whole thing. It's seeing the high priest of Yom Kippur. It's like, whoa, this thing's unlocked? Like, yes, it's unlocked. But I thought that's for the elite and the special. Like, no, it's not. No, there's so much more that we're not tapping into. But I feel the Lord is calling us, even corporately as our house, to be brought up into the level of this reality. And I know many are stepping into these things. And we have, we, there was a big bonfire last night and a lot of people were in there talking about supernatural things, you know, ghost stories, right? You know, holy ghost stories, but they're ghost stories of some sort, right? Um, you know, and I, I love to hear that. And, um, you know, everybody, you know, spurring each other on. I don't know if that's the right word, but, you know, you know, how, motivating, you know, however that goes, you know. I'm not a great talker, if you didn't notice. I do it for a living, but I ain't all that good. But... Um, <laughs> But I do have something to say, usually, so that's better than, <laughs> you know what I mean? Better than being smooth, eloquent speaker, I guess, but, but I'll work on it. But you catch what I'm throwing. It's just like there's something to knowing the Lord and walking into Him. I feel like He is, he is changing many people's um, perceptions of reality. Yeah. He's wanting to. Yeah. He's wanting to fully change it and pull that matrix grid off the mind and heart of mankind. Amen. Yeah, and I think, and it starts in His house. It's got to. You know what I mean? We are, the, we are the, the, the messengers of this reality. I'll close with one scripture. It's in Isaiah. If, um, if I can turn over there just real quick. It's in the 20s. Isaiah 25. This is the reality of the cross. He will destroy on this mountain the surface of the covering cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces. Beautiful. Isaiah 25, verse 7 and 8. The Lord has done something where He has destroyed the cap that's set over the world. Amen. Over the minds of the world. And I believe the veil is fully still there. But it is not impenetrable. It is ripped. And we can move through it. Amen. And we're called to yeah. as kings and priests that are Christians. Yeah. Because someone has to demonstrate this reality, this, this veil that has been covered over all people. We believe the other part. Yeah, he'll swallow up death forever, which I love that sounds so violent to me. You tell him in a violent mode these days. You know what I mean? But it's like, I'll swallow it up. You know, he bit the thing and it's, you know what I mean? Yeah, I like that. But he'll destroy. That's another violent word. You know what I mean? He'll destroy the covering. Boom! But remember, he's seated in heaven waiting for his enemies to be made his footstools. The kings and priests are the sons and daughters of the king. And we are called to make a mockery of this reality. Come on. Expose it for what it is by living the abundant life of heaven. Amen. I've seen, you know, and I've seen it, man. I pray, I pray for some of you guys. Don't, don't feel weird about that, but I do, man. A lot of you, sometimes I pray for you and I know that some of you are stepping over on the other side of the track spiritually. And I, li I like it, man. I'm digging it. It's like knowing the Lord. If once you know the Lord, nothing can ever stop your life. <laughs> nothing can ever control your life. 
Nothing can ever steer your life the wrong way. Once you know him and start following his voice, it's just like that is a, that is a power that there's nothing in this world that can shut that down. Amen. And it is beautiful. But I think the word of the point of today is the rest of God, the acceptance of God, the reality that this walk is open, the heavens are open for us to minister as the kings and priests. We've been fully qualified to that. And to be faithful with the words of the Lord, even when they come in the little form of like the mustard seed. You dig? Because it will snowball. Follow the trails. Shepherd leads. Well, Lord, we thank you for your goodness and the reality of your voice which rings true throughout all the scriptures and that you have so much for your body and your people, Lord. I ask that we would all step into the fullness of what it looks like of being led by your voice and your spirit through this life. That we would be those that arise and shine um, like a city on a hill, like a lampstands that are in the community, in our areas, in our region, that are beacons of your light which direct people to you. Amen. Amen.